WXDX-FM, Pittsburgh. It's a football night in Pittsburgh. A very weird football night in Pittsburgh. Because the Steelers cannot possibly lose this game. The Miami Dolphins are just that bad. Too bad. Historically bad. 0-16 bad. Tomlin has lost a lot of games he shouldn't, like Oakland last year. But that Oakland team would beat this Miami team by at least 14. How the frig is this game on Monday Night Football? But that's okay. At 2-4, and four, an easy win is just what the doctor ordered for your Pittsburgh Steelers. ESPN is going to lose. The Steelers will not. The Steelers will win. The Steelers will be 3-4. and four, And you can pretend for at least one more week. My name is Mark Madden. If I had a dime for every time I turned on the radio and heard somebody more charismatic than me, I would have zero dimes. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Or you can at me via Twitter at MarkMaddenX. I'm live on the dock of the Gateway Clipper Fleet. The fleet is the best way to get to a Steeler game. Park your car, grab a beer, jump on board, and enjoy the ride. Watch a win at Heinz Field, then do it all backwards and go home. I saw a tape of Miami where all five of their offensive linemen got flattened on the snap. And then it happened again. Fitzpatrick at quarterback tonight for Miami. He always plays well against the Steelers, but he always loses too. I'll go over some of those stats a bit later. This one is a lock. Bet your house on the money line. Take the Steelers, no problem. Can't lose. In a little bit, I'm going to tell you what the Steelers' offensive identity should be moving forward. Because a lot of hurt guys are healthy now. Rudolph is ready to roll. We hope. Let's see how much they let Mason Rudolph roll. Rosie Nix is available, the fullback. And if it's up to me, he figures in. So that's going to be a bit later. And Miami is so bad that whatever the Steelers want to do on offense moving forward, do it extensively and exclusively tonight. Because Miami is so bad, tonight's like practice. It's a controlled scrimmage. Take advantage of that. Although, it must be duly noted, it wouldn't shock me if the defense scored some points for the Steelers. I hope the offense could get in a groove, but the defense against that Miami offense might score enough points by itself for Pittsburgh to win. So three and four is upon us. Huzzah. Double M live from the dock of the Gateway Clipper Fleet on Station Square. Okay, what else do I got? We got Baco News. Neil Huntington has been fired as the general manager. Huntington got a vote of confidence a couple weeks back, and then he got fired. Hurdle got told he was staying, and then he got fired. I don't see all these changes as news that's very significant. I don't. I got to know the budget, and I got to know the plan before I'll be convinced that any of this means anything at all. Travis Williams will be a good president. Great choice. The next GM 
can't do worse than Huntington. Actually, that's not true. If you look at Huntington and Hurdle each making three playoff appearances, I don't think either of their successors will do any better. Without proper budget and a plan, none of these changes mean anything. I'll expand on that more a bit later. Uh, there was a big deal made today by the media and social media because the Pirates misspelled the interim GM's name in the press release. Kevin Graves. Everybody's laughing at that, but who cares? People make typos. The big story here is, will the Hillbilly spend any more money? We make a financial commitment to winning. Because if not, changing the president, GM, and manager doesn't mean anything at all. Uh, Houston won game five of the World Series last night. Garrett Cole exited this parish. Uh, he was pretty amazing. Uh, seven innings pitched, a lot three hits and one earned run. That's it. Struck out nine. Uh, the Washington Nationals went from winning the first two games at Houston to losing three straight at home. But it's not that embarrassing for them because nobody's watching. Uh, the TV ratings for the World Series are way, way down. Baseball is really dropping in popularity. And I don't want to hear about more viewing options being the reason that the World Series TV ratings are way down. Baseball used to be the national pastime. The World Series used to be something America stopped and watched. I don't want to hear about more viewing options. I want to hear about facts. And the facts are less people are watching. A couple Instagram models flashed their boobs behind home plate last night. I just hate it when women objectify themselves. Pitt lost at home to Miami because Narduzzi is a gutless coach. That's a familiar story for Pitt. Pitt has now lost at least three games in a season for 37 straight years. Three losses or more in a season for 37 straight years for Pitt football. That means mediocrity or worse for 37 consecutive years. What an indictment of Pitt football that is. Actually, no, it's not an indictment. It's just it's just what Pitt football is. I watched most of that game, Pitt-Miami. What a terrible, terrible football game. The Penguins won at Dallas Saturday 3-zip. Matt Murray is the stealth goaltender. He's having a good year, but very quietly. Bukestad and Rust played. They're back from injury. Rust scored. Dominic Cahoon scored his first goal. Tanev hit the empty net. Boy, does that guy, Tanev. He certainly does impact the game. He's worked hard. He deserved that empty netter. The Penguins are playing tight and tough, and I hope that continues. The big news for practice today is Evgeny Malkin practiced. He had the no-contact jersey on, but he says he hopes to play Saturday against Edmonton at Connor McDavid at PPG Paints Arena. According to Coach Mike Sullivan, Everybody else is a game-time decision. All the injured guys getting Geno back would obviously be uh, big news. Some bad news for Geno, though. According to a story coming out of Russia, he lost a $4 million investment in some shady cryptocurrency company. So, uh, boy, that's uh, $4 bucks down the tubes. Hopefully that's uh, 
exaggerated or not true, but uh, best uh, best of luck to Gino recovering from that hit. Uh, Liverpool 1 beat Spurs at Anfield 2-1 on Sunday. That makes me very happy. The Riverhounds won their playoff game on Saturday at Highmark, right down here at Station Square. 7-0. Wow. In a playoff game. Nico Brett had four goals for the Riverhounds, and now they host Louisville in the conference semis on Saturday. If you want to have a good sports day here in Pittsburgh, Saturday looms large. Edmonton visits the Penguins at 1 p.m., McDavid versus Crosby. And then at 7 p.m., it's the Riverhounds in the playoffs at Highmark. They got a real good crowd this past Saturday, a very electric atmosphere. Hopefully that repeats itself this coming Saturday uh, at Highmark for the Eastern Conference semifinals, Riverhounds and Louisville. So, this show is full to the brim. Somebody in Pittsburgh say something about getting fired up. It feels like a win for the Steelers. It feels like a good show. And it's an awesome scene right here on the dock of the Gateway Clipper Fleet at Station Square, like it always is. So come down and check me out, listen to the show, and uh, take the Gateway Clipper Fleet to the game tonight at Heinz Field. Pittsburgh hosting what's left of the Miami Dolphins. Uh, we got all the schadenfreude going with the ex-Steelers, even though the Steelers aren't very good this year so far. A.B. was all over Twitter all weekend. He got to be bored. He unblocked me, which is amazing. And he liked a tweet that said me and him would agree on not liking Barstool. So A.B. is obviously going off the deep end. He also liked the tweet where somebody suggested he should come back to Pittsburgh. I just don't see it. Le'Veon Bell in the Jets' loss... Nine carries, 23 yards. That's 2.6 yards per carry. On the year, 109 carries, 349 yards, a 3.2-yard average. Le'Veon Bell is a bum. Antonio Brown is a bum. Pittsburgh made those two, and hardly vice versa. Oh, the XFL. Antonio Brown tweeted, he doesn't think they'll last three weeks. The XFL tweeted back, Antonio Brown doesn't think we'll last three weeks. Well, he is an authority on such matters. He's just mad that we don't want him because he's a pain in the ass. You know, you couldn't say it if it wasn't true. I'm Mark Madden, live on the dock of the Gateway Clipper Fleet. We got Matt Williamson talking football at 330, 105.9 X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Mark, you fan, love the show. Because that's what you got to do. Hey, Mark, big fan and all that. I, 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 I think you're on to something. The X at 105.9. UFO live at Jurgles in Warrendale tomorrow night. Supposedly the last Pittsburgh appearance of UFO. I'll be there. Please do join me. I'm sure some seats are still available. Okay, before I get to what the Steelers got to do, both tonight and moving forward, i got to take a few moments and make fun of the Cleveland Browns. They could have won at New England yesterday. They really could have. But they turned it over three times in the first quarter. And that's just a death sense against the Patriots. Baker Mayfield flipped the ball right to a defensive lineman. Nick Chubb broke off a 44-yard run and then fumbled at the end of it. Got the ball punched out like we keep seeing. Maybe the ball carrier's got to protect the ball earlier and better. 
get a few less yards, but keep the ball. Cleveland is 2-5. and five. The Browns have better talent than that. They couldn't handle their own expectations, like I said would happen. Okay, now the Steelers. Rosie Nix is back, the fullback. He was hurt, but he'll be available tonight against Miami. That's not a big deal unless he plays, which Nix usually doesn't. Not much beyond special teams. Gets a couple snaps at fullback, but not many. So I would do what Craig Wolfley said on Friday on this show. I'd go with two backs, including Nix at fullback. Two wide receivers and a tight end. What Wolf calls the regular guy set. And I would pound the ball behind Nix. Connor's not been getting much done. Maybe that jump starts him. Now, I know it's not that kind of league. I know that. But I believe the Steelers will never, ever turn Mason Rudolph loose unless they trail. Nix offers the Steelers something most teams don't have and that other teams don't often face. Like I said, you get more out of Connor. Hopefully that jump starts him. He's been flat most of the season. Now, if they want to let Rudolph throw the ball more than four feet at a time, then that's different. But I don't think they will unless they trail. So I would blast the ball behind Rosie Nix on the ground. That's not my first choice, per se. I would throw it. I'd use the regular offense, but they just won't do that with Rudolph, so that's what I would do with Knicks. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Your thoughts on that Steelers offense, that's the direction I would go in. Okay, here's a couple things you're not going to like. I'm only going to say them once. Number one. Juju mispracticed Thursday with the flu. He shouldn't be outside of the high school football game on Friday or on the sideline at the pit game Saturday. You're allowed to stay home occasionally. You're allowed to give social media a rest occasionally, especially when you're having a bad year so far and your team's 2-4. and four. Yeah, I know he's living his best life, but the optics are bad. And if he is going to do what he's going to do whenever he wants to do it, well, he is going to turn it like A.B., A.B.'s a guy that nobody ever tried to reel in until it was impossible to reel him in. Same thing's going to happen with Juju. You watch. Number two, I don't care if Mason Rudolph throws two interceptions in the first quarter. Whether you're at Heinz Field, at home watching the game, in a sports bar watching, calling me tomorrow on the show, talking among your friends tomorrow morning at the water cooler, I don't care how bad Mason Rudolph is tonight, early, late, the entire game, no matter how bad, no matter how long, shut the frig up about Duck. Rudolph has pedigree. He's a real quarterback. Duck is a bum. He played okay at L.A. a couple weeks back. That should be the peak of his NFL career. He should never play again if possible. He should be like Rudy. Two snaps, done. Just let Rudolph find himself. Just let him play. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, I want to get those uh, Rusty Fitzgerald uh, stats out. He's played good against Pittsburgh. He's been a pretty uh, 
journeyman level quarterback, has played for nine different teams. Don't feel bad for him. He's made $63 million. Against the Steelers, his passer rating is 80.2. That's okay. Nine touchdowns, six picks, 59% completions. But he's 0-6 against the Steelers. Let's hope that goes to 0-7. Because if it does not, this season has been flushed. 412-333-9939. Going to talk to Matt Williamson next. I'm Mark Madden on the dock of the Gateway Clipper Fleet at Station Square. 105.9 X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Mark Madden. Yes. Your voice is like sweet nectar to my ears. The last thing we need is a lot of loose talk. Hmm? Hmm? I like it. I like it. The X at 105.9. Joining me now, brought to you by 84 Lumber, it's our football guru, Matt Williamson. Uh, Matt, the Steelers host Miami tonight. Is there any way for the Steelers to lose this game? Because Miami might be historically bad. Oh, they are historically bad. I mean, they're playing a little better, I'll give them credit, these last two games or so, but they're still dreadful. They really don't have strengths, to be honest. I mean, almost any game you can be like, well, this player is really dangerous or this pass rusher or their running game or whatever. I don't see any strengths on this team. I mean, unless the Steelers totally shoot themselves in the foot with penalties and turnovers, I just don't see it. Um for the for the Dolphins to stay in this game, though, if they can run the ball on early downs, win the early down, have, have a decent early down success rate, stay out of third and longs, I think they can keep it close. But really, I just don't see it. Well, the Dolphins are, are tanking. They haven't uh, done too much to, 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 to say that's not true. Have they gone too far with it? I understand the concept of tearing it down to build it back up, but they even traded good young guys like Fitzpatrick and Tunsil, who are 22 and 25. I mean, for me, I don't know. Those are guys I want around as I start rebuilding. Right, and to be honest, it's not like hockey or basketball where you get one guy and you're back in it. You know, you, you get Sid or you get LeBron and boom, you make it. I mean, look at the Browns right now. Like, the Browns broke it down to this level as well a couple of years ago, and are they reaping the rewards? You know, like, who are the winners on the team? Who are the leaders? Where's the culture? So they got a lot for Minka, and they got a lot for Tunsil. So I understand it, but they're building on sand. I mean, they're building with nothing. Mason Rudolph's back. He'll be starting for Pittsburgh at quarterback. Will the approach to using him still be conservative? I hope not, and I don't mean, you know, this game is you can do whatever you want. It's a preseason game. It's a warm-up game. I, I don't look at it like that, and I don't think the Steelers have the luxury to look at it like that. But I think you have to take uh, the approach of big-picture thinking with this football team. If you're going to get in the playoffs in a really weak conference, you need to drive the ball down the field. You need to play – NFL style of offense. You know, you can't, it's all, it can't be all misdirections and shovel passes and wildcat and dump offs and those type of things because you're just not going to, that can only take you so far. I agree. I think you've got to throw the ball down the field, but I just don't think the Steelers are going to do that, Matt. And with Rosie Nix back, the fullback, I find myself wondering, however illogically, if the Steelers might use him more and run the ball more. Is that a viable option? 
I think there's some truth to that. I mean, I think you'll see him a fair amount, 15% of the snaps, something like that. And I'm fine with it because it gives you different personnel packages you can use. But running the ball and being more conservative isn't the answer. I mean, I don't mind if their run percentage goes up, if they even use heavier personnel, but then take shots with that personnel. I mean, it doesn't mean you can't throw the ball out of heavier personnel. I mean, why can't you get McDonald more involved? It shocks me that the tight end position has been very quiet with a you know, young quarterback. So um, I hear what you're saying. You know, I mean, the, one, the thing I like about Knicks, and I've used this example, is let's say you have Knicks and Connor in the game and you get base personnel on defense, and then you take Knicks out and you put Jalen Samuel in and they don't substitute. Well, that tells you a lot, and then you're throwing on that substitute. You know, just because they count those guys both as RBs doesn't mean they do the same thing. Yeah, I agree. And, again, I'm kind of, you know, barking up my own wrong tree because it's not what I want them to do, but I don't think they'll do what I want them to do. So I'm suggesting something they might do. And one good thing if they did would be maybe they'd get more out of James Conner because I think he's been a real disappointment, don't you? Yeah, I liked how he ran quite a bit in the last game, the last time we saw him. But he has not gotten enough on his own. The fumbles, I don't know, will go away. And to me, that makes him a liability in that regard and what's always going to be a close game. Um, yeah, getting him and Knicks on the field together, I'm absolutely fine with that. Um, but I think they need, again, I mean, it, 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 this team kind of is what it is at this point, in my opinion. And I know a lot of it seems like a shortcut to analyzing football teams that it's all on the quarterback. But if Rudolph can be a league average, you know, a decent passer of the football, not kill you too much, but you got to make throws, this team can get back on track. If, if, it, if he can't do that at this stage of his career, they have no chance. Well, staying with Rudolph, and, and Matt, I agree. I think every team in this league with very few exceptions, is about as good as its quarterback. Uh, is Rudolph on a short leash tonight, given that Duck played decent in L.A. against the Chargers? I would hope not. I assume not. Um, I mean, I liked how Coach Tomlin said it when they asked him, you know, what would you think of Duck's play? And he immediately said he didn't kill us. You know, I mean, I, I know he's a good story. I like his aggressive demeanor. But he's not an NFL quarterback. I mean, I, I, Rudolph may or may not be. Duck isn't. I mean, just the passer of the football. He's a, maybe come out of the bullpen once in a while, but you got to stick with Rudolph. We're talking to Matt Williamson, our football guru. He's brought to you by 84 Lumber. Uh, how do the Steelers involve the receivers more w- without opening the offense up a bit? Because Juju has disappeared. The backs are in the receivers, and the receivers are decoys. It's a it's a very strange situation for uh, Smith-Schuster and, and Washington and Deontay Johnson. Right, and that has to change, too, and I think that goes hand-in-hand with driving the ball down the field, of course. Um, I will say there's been throws to the wide receivers that Rudolph just hasn't pulled the trigger on. I also think the wide receiver position is underwhelming, to say the least, and some of that goes for Juju as well. I have high hopes for Johnson. Um, They're all healthy now. Maybe they all can kind of get a defined role. So it's... I don't know if there's a ton of talent there. You know, I mean, I don't know if there's a great player there. Juju's a really good player. I don't know if there's a true number two on the team. I mean, it's just that position to me might go down when we talk about offseason needs as their number one need. And I would love to see a guy with 
legit speed. I mean, scary outside the number speed, and they don't have that guy. Is it fair to say that after six games, Matt, the Steelers' offense still doesn't have an identity? Yes, I think that's very fair. And I'm not sure what the identity should be because pound the rock, put Rudolph behind center with the fullback. Sure sounds like 1985 to me and not the answer to winning football in today's NFL. I think balance has to be the identity. You know, I mean, some keeping keeping teams off balance, not being predictable. But they're a long way from that. Matt, uh, the bright side tonight, anyway, I think the Steelers could win this game without possessing the ball on offense. I bet that Steelers front seven on D just overwhelms Miami, and that's without to it. Yes, yes, and I do think this defense is really good, especially in that area. I think he'll throw one or two to him. I bet he's under pressure a very high percentage of of their dropbacks, and this offensive line should be dominated much like they did against the Bengals. Do you expect the Steelers' defense to be super aggressive? Uh, I think they've been uh, adding to that every week, and I think if ever a game called for 110% of that, it's tonight's game against Miami. Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. I mean, they they run so well. They get to the ball so well. I mean, I don't know that I would be zero blitzing him and leaving guys on corner, you know, on islands and being aggressive in that nature as much as just the style of play. Um, but you're right. I mean, I expect – I would be shocked if that side of the ball doesn't utterly dominate and isn't the story of the game. What do you expect from Ryan Fitzpatrick, at quarterback for Miami? He always seems to play well against Pittsburgh, but never beats Pittsburgh. He's 0-6 lifetime. Yeah, and he is what he is at this point. He's been on, what, eight different teams. Ideally, he is a come-off-the-bench and save you in a tough situation, start two or three games – very, very streaky. I mean, the people make the massive misconception that, boy, he went to Harvard. He's super smart. Well, he might be, but he isn't on the field. I mean, he doesn't make good decisions. He often puts the ball in harm's way. And when he's hot and, quote, getting away with it, he can be a little bit dangerous. If you, if you find the, the version, if his very best version comes out tonight, Miami will have a chance. But it rarely comes out, and almost always he turns into a pumpkin when it does. And he's just a massive risk taker that is, you know, doesn't put the ball, doesn't protect the ball. What I've always found about uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is he can overachieve and underachieve in the same game. He can play a great first quarter and a terrible second quarter. Oh, he's a complete roller coaster, yes. Uh, Speaking of Fitzpatrick, Minka Fitzpatrick has been as advertised, hasn't he? I don't think the Steelers are going to finish bottom five. So that trade looks good. Uh, I think not only is Fitzpatrick playing very well, there's a trickle down there, isn't there? He makes the whole D better. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, he is such a playmaker. He gets his hands on the football. He moves extremely well. He looks like a top-ten pick. We haven't even seen a ton of versatility from him yet, and I think that'll still be something that is in the cards possibly, you know, man coverage on tight ends, things like that he's capable of. Um, I really like the trade. I mean, I think that you look around the league, too, kind of like you said, there's so many awful teams that the Steelers are not going to pick top five. I'd be kind of shocked if it's even top ten. I mean, it could be ten to twelve in that neighborhood. And you get this guy, you're early, cost-controlled. You're familiar with him. You know he's a hit. There's no risk involved. He's a really good player. Now, I've had trouble trying to hang my head on anybody with the Dolphins. 
uh, to talk about on today's show. What about this Taco Charlton, the defensive end? Is he any good, or is he just getting sacked because somebody has to? Yeah, I mean, he's a former first-round pick that the Cowboys quickly gave up on. Um, he has some ability. Uh, I, I kind of feel for you here to try to come up with Dolphins to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's not very dynamic. The first-round pick from this year, Wilkins, if he plays, is somebody to watch the defensive tackle. He's a true building block for that team. I don't know that Charlton is. I bet they'll be trying to replace him this offseason. Mark, they probably need 17 starters this offseason. Yeah, I think so, too. And, <laughs> and the way they're rebuilding through the draft, which admittedly is the way to do it, I think they're going to be pretty bad next year, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, without question, they'll probably draft two or a quarterback very early, try to get a free agent or three to come down there and probably overpay to get it done. And you just can't find 15 to 18 starters in an offseason. Why did they trade for Josh Rosen? if the intent is apparently to draft a quarterback in the first round this coming draft. Yeah, and my hunch is they know he's not the answer. My hunch is he's not a real joy to be around or a leader of men, and I thought it was worth the risk at the time because I was a big Rosen believer coming out of school. I had him ranked pretty high, so I thought they got a steal. I mean, I thought they bought, you know, 75 cents on the dollar. But I get the impression that if I would have sat down and had dinner with them, I wouldn't have felt the same way. I was amazed to, to learn that the Steelers' offensive line has only given up five tacks on the season. I mean, five, that's incredible, the least in the league. That number may overshoot the quality of their play, if only by a bit, but it's it really is a, a low number. It really is, and I, I think there was a misconception that, boy, Munchak's gone, this line isn't very good anymore. I think it's still quite good, and it started to assert themselves, too, in the run game a little bit more. Even when Ben was here in the last couple of years, they've been better in protection than they've been in the run game, and that's what you want. Who among that offensive line is playing good? Who's playing bad? Villanueva and Foster went through a real rough stretch for a while, but I, I think they've picked it up a little, haven't they? I think so. I think Filer's quietly having an extremely nice year and even better than last year. He might be the only one that I would say is playing better than last year. I know he's a leader and he's loved here and all that, but I'm not so sure they wouldn't be better off with Finney at left guard. Is tonight's game just a practice game for the Steelers and their games after that kind of a controlled scrimmage? If you're Mike Tomlin, how would you approach this game? All out. I mean, I think you have to send the message to this team that there is no such thing you can't think big picture if you're this team. But if you're up 20 in the fourth quarter, you get some of your guys out. Yeah, I know what you mean. I just hope whatever they intend to do uh, the week after against uh, against Indianapolis and the week after that against the Rams, they do tonight. I, you know, I understand you got to take every game seriously when you're 2-4, and four, but I wouldn't game plan for Miami as much as I would game plan for the way I want my team to play. I hear what you're saying. I mean, I think it's more about you than them in this game as right. opposed to, you know, the Colts. We're going to attack their cover, too. You know what I mean? I think you make a good point there, yeah. Matt, as always, great stuff. Enjoy the game if indeed that's possible, and we'll talk again next week. <laughs> All right, Double M. See you later. That is Matt Williamson. Love having him on, our football guru. He's brought to you by 84 Lumber. Steeler fans, do you want Rudolph to air it out, or do you want them to run the ball behind Rosie Nix? I'd actually like him to air it out. 
but I have no faith they'll do that. I hate that throwing the ball four yards in the air at a time, heck, four feet in the air at a time. So I'd like to see Rosie Nix get his share of snaps and James Conner get his share of carries right behind him. Your thoughts, 412-333-WXDX. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, what's up, Mark? Loud noises! <laughs> <laughs> the X at 105.9. I never would have thought the Steelers' offensive line had allowed just five sacks all year. Watching the games, it seems like it's been kind of a rough year for them, and certainly the running game has not been up to what it had been hoped for, but... Uh, Five sacks, man, that don't lie. And uh, like I spoke about with Matt Williamson, Foster and Villanueva had a rough couple games two or three weeks ago, but they seem to have gotten past that and are playing decent football. And Matt Filer quietly having a good year, and uh, DeCastro and Ponce, when they're healthy, they're two of the very best at their positions. Coast to Coast brought to you by CW Electrical Services. And by the Ford King, Richard Badge, Schultz Ford in Wexford, Harborville, and now in the South Hills. We were talking about the World Series. What a weird World Series it is. The visiting team has won every single game. Trump was at the World Series game last night. Game 5 at D.C. He got booed. And people are like, oh boy, Trump's in trouble. Okay, let me know when Trump gets booed in the rural Midwest. When that happens, Trump is in trouble. Not when he gets booed in a liberal hotbed like Washington, D.C. For me, the big story is, I can't believe Trump was so bored that he went to a baseball game. He should have done what most people do and not watched at home. Baseball effed it up. Baseball ruined its own sport. Baseball became fast food and fantasy league. There's no action. Just the three true results, home runs, walks, and strikeouts. The game lost what made it unique. The game became too much stop-start, and there was already too much of that. I know that because a lot less people are watching baseball. All the baseball purists, the aficionados, cry out on behalf of baseball whenever it gets criticized. But what I think really doesn't matter. With the purest things really doesn't matter either. The bottom line is a lot of people are watching baseball because baseball sucks. How about uh, college football? Penn State undefeated and on the fringe of the playoff. you got to give them credit. How about Michigan won a big game because they played another team that's equally scared of success? Notre Dame, also very scared of winning a big game. But when the teams played Saturday, it was a big game. And somebody had to win it. Uh, I got a blog up about this on SchultzFord.com. Bill Cower, the former Steeler coach, said on CBS that Rod Woodson is better than Troy Pulamalu. I hate debates like that, but that's a pretty good one. Cower coached them both. We all saw both of the play. If you made me pick one, I'd pick Troy. Troy impacted games more. I remember plays Troy made more. 
that could be recency bias to be sure, but I'd pick Troy. Rod Woodson could cover better, and he made all pro at both corner and safety. But Troy just made big plays that won games, so I would go with Troy. In terms of honors, uh, what's it say here? Woodson made 11 Pro Bowls. Troy made eight. Woodson made all pro nine times. Troy made it six. They were each defensive player of the year once. Troy won a couple Super Bowls with Pittsburgh. And uh, Woodson won one with Baltimore. I would go with Troy. If you want to check that out a bit further, go to Schultzford.com. Uh, the Dolphins traded one of their running backs today, Kenyon Drake to Arizona. Drake had not made the trip to Pittsburgh. He's decent. Averaged 4.6 yards per carry on his career so far. The Dolphins just keep stripping assets for draft picks. And I wonder if all those draft picks are going to produce assets comparable to the assets traded. Drake's only 25. Tunsil's 25. The tackle they traded. Micah Fitzpatrick is only 22. The Dolphins are burning it down. And I get it. But those aren't old guys, and Tunsil and Fitz are major talents. When you rebuild, would you want to have a 25-year-old Pro Bowl-level tackle and a 22-year-old Pro Bowl-level safety available to help you rebuild? Because they're not old. I would, but the Dolphins have gone for that that burn-it-down rebuilding process, and I get that too. Because when you do that, you truly are rebuilding. Like I said with the Pirates a bit earlier, there are no half measures when it comes to rebuilding. Uh, a giant sinkhole opened up in downtown Pittsburgh and swallowed up a bus. That can't be good. It's almost biblical, like that movie, This Is The End. Let's go to Adam and Bethel. Adam, real quick, you're on with Mark. Hey, Mark, how are you, man? Good. Yeah, I just uh, wanted to comment on uh, what the game plan about the for the Steelers. I don't care if they run it a hundred times, pass it a hundred times. I don't get bored, man. A win is a win, and we're in no place to. Uh, you know, beggars can't be choosers. We need we need W's and. Well, yeah, yeah, but, but bro, bro, think about what you're saying. Okay, you say basically do whatever it takes. Gee, that's really deep football analysis. Uh, I think you got to do what's going to carry over to the next games, which are much harder. That, that's the one problem with Tomlin, why I think he's not a very good coach. He looks at every game as be-all, end-all. He never looks at the big picture, and if ever a game called for looking at the big picture in terms of doing what you think your team has to do to make the playoffs, what it has to do beyond tonight, I think tonight couple, screams out for that. A couple games ago, uh, when, we, when we did all those running plays, and everyone was, uh, I think it was our first win, our first win and everybody was complaining. Uh, I loved it. I loved it. I thought so that Randy could come yeah, up. Yeah, we've already established you really like the win. Thank you for the call. I mean, you don't really hear from too many people who like to lose or would rather play a certain way and lose than, I don't know, run the ball 100 times like like dude said and win. Anyway, up next, the Pirates fired the GM. They fired everybody. Took them a while to do it. They certainly did it in a rather random order. But we'll talk about the fallout from that just 30 seconds away here on The X.